Welcome to Haven, the podcast where we explore the vast landscape of loss. There's no going over or around grief. We're going to take it piece by piece and navigate these tough topics the only way we know how, by going through it. This podcast discusses miscarriage, pregnancy, infant, and child loss. So please listen with care. Silent mystery. All right. Well, we have a very, very special episode. I had to add two varies because of how special this is. Exactly. We are doing our very first live podcast episode here on Landscape of Loss. Yes. We have an in-studio audience. And if you didn't catch that, that is our live studio audience. It's amazing. We didn't even make that up. I know. We didn't even push true. a button. It's not like you just do that and someone does the laugh track. Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. this is real, uh-uh. This man. is our laugh track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, my name is Jen Burgard. I am your host. And my guest today is someone who... I miraculously found in a coffee shop. Right? (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Who knew? And I was enamored by this person because she said, look, I'm like really into talking about really hard things and I'm really open about it. I think we don't do a good job of that in our community. How do we do more of that? I'm like, who are you and why don't we know each other? (laughs) So we met for coffee. Yes. And eventually felt very kindred spirited. And so we said, well, I said, you're going to come on my podcast. Right. And then I said, sorry, it's live. And I said, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah, Hannah yes. Stonehouse Hudson. Yes. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I am a person who grew up not talking about hard things. And it wasn't that it was frowned upon. It's just that wasn't what we talked about. And in 2013, I had had a miscarriage about a year prior, had a photo go crazy viral about, I don't know, eight months later. And then my husband passed away unexpectedly four months after that. And that, oddly enough, went viral as well in a really weird way. And he had spent a very long time. He was a Jibboy. And he used to just make fun of me. He's like, you're so white. You don't talk about death. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he would get me really upset. But he said, we need to talk about this. You're just you need to talk about this. I'm going to be gone, but I want you to know I'm always with you. And he talked about this over and over again, and he would just make me upset. And he said, no, you need to hear this from me. And then he passed away. And the best thing that he could have done is told me that he was always with me. And a lot of the Ojibwe traditions that his family, still my family, even though, you know, they're far away from me, That got me through a lot of what I went through. And I discovered that the more you talk about things, it's not the easier they are, but the less shock that you can go through. But that's another story. (laughs) We have a lot of time back here. Hold on, we we got to back up. Yeah, yes. (laughs) So your husband was talking to you about death and his death. Right. But his death was not something you saw coming. No, he kept saying, I'm going to pass away before I'm 35. And he had seen it in visions. And his grandfather, who raised him, was always with him. And he had passed away about 10 years before my husband did. But his spirit was always around my husband. And he had said, you know, I know I'm going to go. And you need to talk about this. And you need to know that I 
you know, no matter how it happens, I'm not in pain. I, as soon as I am gone, I am with you. And that's what happened. And he passed away when he was 34, almost 35. So, yes. Wow. Isn't that, and so that happened. So traumatic, right? So in and of itself. Yes. And then his death became viral in some... Yes. So I had taken this very, at the time, the Huffington Post had called it like the most viral photo of all time. It's this photo of of a gentleman holding his dog in Lake Superior. And the dog had arthritis and was going to be put down. And he ended up not. And I had a TEDx talk on it. I won't go into that (laughs) much of it. But that was sort of my first foray into things going viral that are hard to talk about. So I had kind of taken some notes about it. And then my husband passed away. And that went viral because I was still going viral through this photo. And I had crazy things happen with, you know, people driving eight to 10 hours to go to my husband's funeral. And I didn't know these people and they wanted selfies with me at the funeral. And there's, I think, 1,100 people at this funeral. And he had been a very successful fishing guide and on a lot of TV shows. So that was part of it. But also it was just this really weird thing of a very public passing Mm -hmm. in the beginning of things going viral on the internet. So I learned a lot from that and ended up turning it into kind of a business, going and teaching people how to handle tragedy on the internet and on social media because people want to be a part of something even if they're not. So if somebody loses someone, whether it's a child, whether it's a parent, a spouse, any of that, people want to be a part of it. So they say really weird things. Sure. And I saw that start happening. And so I started doing seminars, teaching people how to handle that. The hospice organizations, people who, you know, police officers, nurses, anybody who saw people going through hard times. And then I started talking to the actual people going through the hard times because that is a conversation that needs to happen is people are weird on the internet. And we know that. <laughs> we know that. And, and what we also know is that we are in a room full of all of these folks here, yeah. right? And I guarantee you, there's not one person in this room who hasn't been through something hard. Right. Something hard that they didn't necessarily want to talk about, Mm -hmm. but also they wanted to be seen and to be understood through that hard thing. Right. Right? Right. And so I think it can be very tempting to just take that and and say, well, that's for at home, Mm -hmm. right? That's for on my couch in my popcorn, right? I will just be there. Right. But what about if we were a little bit more open about that? It would cause a lot of consternation amongst people who haven't been through it. Sure. But who cares? You know, what's really important is what it will do is make you feel better. I mean, one of the things about holding all of that stuff in and not talking about it and not being seen and not seeing someone else on the internet who's been through or internet or wherever you want to be, I mean, in person or not, is, oh, someone else went through that. I'm not crazy or I'm not grieving wrong, which by the way is the worst phrase I've ever heard. Can we grieve wrong? Is that a thing? Heck no. (laughs) I say grief is a fingerprint because it is who you are. Grief is the same thing as a fingerprint is individual to each person. And what's really crazy and you and I have kind of talked about is 
So they had the stages of grief. Yes. Well, first of all, they're not for mourners. The stages of grief are not about mourning. The stages of grief and all the research that we talk about, there's kind of this problem because we don't want to talk about grief and death. So we don't talk about the current research that's going on, which is you're healthier if you talk about it. You're going to talk about people 40 years later. You're going to cry about them 40, 50 years later. It doesn't matter. However, that's not stuff we talk about because we don't talk about the research. All we do is talk about, oh, well, you're at stage whatever. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're at whatever thing you want to be. It is a fingerprint is individual. You can tell I'm very passionate about that because <laughs> I want people to know that they're okay. Right. Like the worst thing you can do, you're already, and I'm on a tangent, I'm sorry. You're great. Okay, so you're already going through a really crummy time and I would cuss but it's a family show so <laughs> so you're already going through the absolute worst time why in the hell should you judge yourself you've already got people you know projecting onto you their own things that are going on in their life and that's another conversation but don't judge yourself do your thing grieve how you need to that is what will make you in the end a healthier individual who has been through the fire and is stronger and more resilient for it. Mm -hmm. And screw being strong. Like, just do your thing. You'll be strong later. Sorry. Yeah. I just, I get really passionate about this. <laughs> well, and I think we get in that habit too of, well, I should be yeah. in this place. I should be moving on. I should be, mm -hmm. we should all over ourselves, right? right. Love that phrase. Yes. <laughs> we do not. And I did it. You and I were talking and I was like, oh, we shouldn't. I'm like, ah, ah, look at me. I'm doing it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. how do we get better about practicing that, about practicing healthy mm -hmm. self-talk, healthy interactions with others? You know, even when I talk to someone else, I could say, well, oh, you should be doing that. Right. I why am I same. saying that? Right. Like, you do know, as I say, not as I do. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So why am I putting that on them? I mean, it's human nature. Even in that instance, we have to forgive ourselves for telling someone they should and not feel bad about it. But it's giving yourself, I call it time, grace, and space. It's even my website name. Time to do your thing. Do you. Your grief. Your process. How you want to celebrate the person who is in your life. The grace for yourself and for others, but really, really, really for yourself. We already are going through it. And I know I said that, but it's really, really important. And then space. You know, if people are around you and they aren't grieving in the same way, give yourself space from them. You can go back later and rekindle relationships. That's really important is to know, you know, you haven't in the midst of grief because we do whatever kind of loss you've gone through, you do feel different from the people around you and you don't want to be around them. Mm -hmm. You just want to be around people. That's one of the amazing things about your group is you find your people in that mm -hmm. and good friends will give you that pause and say, hey, you know, we can rekindle later. So that's really important. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that friendship is over. No, not at all. And it's okay. Wow. It's okay to give yourself a break, right? Like yeah. To, yes. We, 
Maybe we get a little mean girls on ourselves, right? And we're oh, like, I'm, oh, well. Yeah. Again. <laughs> She's weird now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a thing, you yeah. know? Oh, but, I'm horrible to myself still sometimes. Oh, yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't say a lot of good things to ourselves. No. Right? And I think that's a great place to start. But again, that's a whole other that's episode, right? That's a whole other episode. And so I do want to know, though, you know, as you've been going through this, how have you found purpose mm-hmm. I mean you had a real sh- sh- bad year right yeah and <laughs> and it kept going that's what and has been interesting going yes <laughs> and so you continually are here in mm-hmm. your beautiful dress willing to speak about all the bad things yes. even though you're still in them yeah. I mean how do you do that I think it's it's a lot of journaling it's a lot of really letting go of other people's expectations of me because I am a people pleaser and a perfectionist. And the whole thing of perfectionism also goes into grief and mourning because we want to do something perfectly. We have to do it right. Yeah. You got to do it right, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that, oh, that was a whole lot to unpack. Instagram has a lot of set things in the ways that I'm supposed to be grieving. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, and that's the other thing is you see people who really, and in the midst, the beginning part of loss, want to find meaning and purpose in it. And by the way, there are different types of grievers. And some of them want to create something right away. And so there's this pressure because of social media to be the perfect griever Instagram influencer in the world of grief. Sure. When in fact, you should be actually, you should. When in fact, (laughs) it would be healthier (laughs) to go through the motions. Because the longer you press that stuff down, the longer it takes you to feel better. Sure. And to get to the other side. Get to the other side. And I'm not saying moving on at all. I hate that phrase. Mm -hmm. But being able to take whatever has gone on in your life and make it a part of you and keep walking. And moving through. Because really, just because one bad thing, like real bad thing happened to you, does not mean another one won't. Right. Right. Like, right. I'm a walking, talking example. <laughs> exactly. And here you are. So again, yeah, yeah. again. So I, to clarify, so I have in the past, it's almost been a decade. I've gone through lots of health things, lots of other things. And then I was, I moved here and crazily enough was diagnosed with breast cancer in the midst of all of this craziness. And I have a bunch of very rare diseases and I spent a way too much time in the woods. So I have really bad Lyme disease. So, you know, that's what, that <laughs> that's the tick's fault. Yeah. That those are not t- your fault. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I just, you do have to keep going no matter what people ask us. I'm sure you all have gotten this. How are you so strong? How are you so resilient? Well, do you have a freaking choice? Thank you. I mean, you just keep going and it's just something you have to do. And, you know, and that also includes like sleeping for 24 hours. I mean, that's kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Your body needs it. That includes eating an entire container of ice cream. Not that I would ever do a thing like that, <laughs> but it is, it's <laughs> people can ask you, how are you so resilient? Well, cause I just am. Mm-hmm. So, and that includes healthy and delicious coping mechanisms. <laughs> <laughs> And there, there's an expectation there, right? I mean, because yeah. if you're doing it right, mm-hmm. right, you're doing it in the socially acceptable way. Right. Like, 
you wallow for a while and then yeah. you, you start, you go dark for a hot minute and then you rise from the ashes right. and look at, look at who I am right. and I'm doing great. Everything's peach. Never to speak about it again. Right. Or, or what if we as a community mm-hmm. are able to just recognize and ask someone that you see a friend, a mm-hmm. colleague right mm-hmm. in the office. What if we just walked up to them like, Hey, how are you? And they're like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly you're not good. Right. <laughs> so right. do you want to talk about it? Right. And then if they do, are you scared to hear that answer? Uh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if we were willing to just open our, our hearts like just a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit more to see what's in front of us, a little bit, take that extra time mm-hmm. to talk to that person, whoever it is, in whatever scenario you might be in, if you have it, like if right. you have it in you that day. But right. What a difference that could make. I think right. just in general, I think we're working with an incredible mental health crisis in this country. Very much so. Right? Yes. And so what if we did take more moments and notice and give pause and permission, right, to people feeling things and, and being in a hard way and not right. just saying, well, they're having a hard time. We're just going to ignore that until right. it's better. Right. Well, and a lot of the time, it's not always like we don't want to hear what they're going to say sometimes it is but also we don't know what to say to them Mm -hmm. when they do like we have every intention of letting them open up to us and then we just get really uncomfortable yeah and I think the biggest thing people need to know and many of you here already know this is nobody knows what to say therapists don't know what to say I had a hilarious conversation with my therapist which is like I have no idea what to say half the time like if someone is in deep dark like just lost someone and she catches herself saying it'll be okay just like no it won't right now for that person but mm-hmm. really nobody knows what to say i freak out sometimes because people ask me well what should i say to them well what do you feel called to say well what if i say it's wrong and i offend them you know it happens Mm-hmm. There's actually a book on condolences. It's like the little book of condolences. It is the best book. I get it for everyone I know because it actually does help. Does it start with everything happens for a reason? I, she may, if she could, I'm pretty sure she would cuss a lot over that phrase. She also lost a child and she got so many weird comments mm-hmm. from people well-meaning and not well-meaning, that she finally just put together a book with a whole bunch of experts on how to feel less awkward when trying to help someone. That's amazing. And I think, and you can speak to this, if I, yeah. if I were to say, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about you and I was thinking about your husband today, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that baby that you were going to yeah. have. Does that make you sad? No. How does it make you feel? Exciting. And that's what's fun about talking to this group is you all know that we want to tell the stories. Not everybody knows that I get super excited about talking about my husband. I'm sure you, and I saw it, you get excited. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not gone. They're always with us. I just was help run a veterans event, fly fishing event with my new husband. And it was a bunch of my late husband's friends. And we sat around and told stories. And that would not have happened if they didn't know I was comfortable with them talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of pregame sometimes like, hey, guys, remember this? And they're very used to it. It did take some people 
time. And that's when you know some people are your people and some people aren't. Some people are excited to talk about your person in your life. Other people are a little hesitant. So, I mean, talking about it gets people used to it. And it's awesome to talk about the people who are in our lives because they make up the DNA of who we are. Right. So, and that, you know, from trauma to good, they just do. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's it's community, right? And, right. And that's so important. And I think, yeah, if you had to put your finger on it, you know, what matters in those instances? And it's connection. Yep. It's human connection. And it's, it's one-on-one. It's all those people... And maintaining that yeah. because that's community. Right. Exactly. And community is, it doesn't matter if your physical space, it just matters the connection you have to the human spirit, really. Yeah. And we talked about earlier, you mentioned new research based mm-hmm. around grief. And, yeah. you know, we all know the seven structural actually I will go on record the author of said seven stages of grief has since denounced her own book so yes bless her she's great but yes exactly (laughs) because she knows it looks like this right it's it looks like this right right exactly no but you know these you mentioned you know if these people if it feels like they're with us all the time in this new research surrounding grief and Mm -hmm. loss and you've dug into that a little bit so tell me a little bit about what you found I found so many things that are the opposite of what the common, you know, group think is. Because like we talked about earlier, we don't talk about it. So it's all the old sort of, I hate saying old wives tales, but you know what I mean. (laughs) But a lot of it is around consciousness. And if the soul consciousness, if people are really are with you after they pass and the actual research shows that the signs we see, we're not making that up in our head. And of course, I have now spaced the name of one of the books. Hey, one of my that's all right. Textbooks. I'll um, add it to the, right, the show exactly. notes later. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's what's really, really interesting and why I really, truly love working in this space is because research says the signs you see are not your brain telling you that you see it. That is actually a person and a consciousness, and it's a much longer conversation than here, actually connecting with you. Mm. They want to hear from you as much as you want to hear from them. And that's something I need people here to understand is they want to hear from you. Mm. And there is research about this. And it's fascinating. And it is something that I really wish people would talk more about because just because they are gone here doesn't mean they don't want to hear from you. Yeah. So, and that will make them show up more to you too. And I think that can make anyone feel better, right? If that resource was available to them and make them feel a little more comfortable in their life now without their loved one, whoever that may be, whether it's their child, sibling, parent, spouse, right? Whomever that is. I think that brings such a level of comfort and we should be encouraging that. So right. We definitely should be encouraging it because we shouldn't be rolling our eyes at people who are saying that because it's scientifically proven. And if you like science, perfect. Love science. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a whole other conversation yes. that we 
fun story, we are going to record a full podcast episode yes. in the real studio. Y'all won't be invited. So sorry. I'm sorry about sorry. that. But <laughs> we're going to do a full episode. And I just want to thank Hannah for coming on here, sharing a little, just a smidge of your story, but sharing your heart and sharing your mind and and just being willing to get on stage and do this weird yes. thing with me. Heck so yeah. I'm going to outro us and thank you all so much for listening in yeah let's hear it for our studio audience they were very well behaved yeah they were very well behaved so thank you thank you for listening to haven's landscape of loss If you found it helpful to hear this story and are going through a lost journey of your own or supporting someone else who is, consider subscribing on wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you found this episode helpful and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with loved ones, post about it on social media, and leave a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Finally, to learn more and get even more resources about the lost journey or to send a healing gift, please visit havenmidwest.org and while you're there, consider donating. This podcast is made possible by our partners at Tellwell, listeners like you, and folks willing to share their stories so we can all heal together. You are-